Welcome to the Pep Talks Podcast. I'm Junior Johnson. And I'm Erin Williams. When we talk about mental health and well-being, there are three things that come to mind um, that promote just an overall um, healthy well-being. And those three things would be sleep, nutrition, and exercise. Now, don't be alarmed. When we talk about exercise, people tend to to shy away. You know, people don't want to do that part. People can kind of control what they put in their bodies and count their calories and maybe get an extra hour of sleep here and there. But when we say exercise, people are like, oh, no, I don't have time. Yeah. Right? I don't have time. And it's intimidating to, to exercise. think about yes. going to CrossFit. Yes. We're thinking we're going to have to, we're going to have to go to CrossFit. We're going to have to work out. An hour every day. Intense cardio, <laughs> step, Zumba, or something like that. I tell you guys, um, as we're talking today, I have caught the bronchitis. Oh, no. So you might hear some coughing. Poor Erin. <laughs> um, but that does not keep me from being active because I know it's a part of our mental health. That's right. Um, that's why we are so excited to have this conversation with Dana Viox today. Um, she's our coordinated School health supervisor. So here is that interview. Well, hey there, Dana. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, how are y'all? Doing good, doing good. good. So we're super excited to have you in the studio today. Can you tell us who you are and what you do? Well, my name is Dana Viox. I am uh, a registered nurse and I am the coordinated school health supervisor for Arlington Community Schools. You want me to go into more detail than that or just? Oh, yeah. Tell us. Tell us what you really do. Oh, OK. <laughs> so I um, I'm responsible for in implementing coordinated school health for Arlington. And what that is entails is that um, for Tennessee, schools have to have a coordinated school health program. So I am responsible for coordinating anything related to that physical, emotional, social health that integrates with academics. And then what about you? What do you want to share about your personal life? <laughs> <laughs> Put me on the spot, Erin. Exactly. What do you want to know about my personal life? I do you dance. You dance, right? I do. I like to dance. And I'm, I'm a Memphis Grizzlies granny there and grandpa. Is. <laughs> <laughs> this is my second season. So I'm no longer a rookie. So I feel like maybe a little bit of a veteran. But yeah. So if we go to a Memphis game, are we going to be able to see you? If we are performing that night, so we do about 20 games out of the 40 that they do at home. It's exciting. So dance is a form of exercise. Extreme. It's kind of like why we're here today to talk about how that helps with mental health. So right. Can you kind of speak a little bit on how dancing and being um, active helps yeah. with your mental health? Well, as you all know, if you are active and you do do some type of activity, you always feel better afterwards. Mm -hmm. You oh, regret yeah. going into it, right? You're like, oh. I don't want to do that. Or when you're done, you're like, oh, I feel so much better. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. So tell us about um, the kind of mental health issues that nurses see day in, day out. Hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, we see a lot of anxiety, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of depression. We do see a little bit of obsessive compulsive type behaviors. So have you seen um, since COVID year, that's what I've named it, 2020, have you seen an uptick in yeah. any type of uh, mental health issues in the school clinics? Uh, yes, a lot of anxiety, lack of coping skills. Mm -hmm. Here's my thoughts. 
Do you see it more at elementary or do you see it across the board? I would say more at elementary. Mm. That's that's exactly what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I've seen. Um, a lot of children who were out for, you know, several years or um, doing the virtual learning, um, there's a lot more anxiety and there's a lot more zero to 100 big emotions and we don't know how to handle that. Right. So I, I did think that you probably were seeing that a lot. Mm-hmm. So Dana, how does physical activity play a role in child health? Okay, a couple of ways it does that. It increases blood flow and oxygenation to your brain. Um, it boosts the neural connectivity and stimulates your nerve cell growth. So it gets way down in there, right? And it the learning center, which is called the hippoc- hippocampus, there it affects it that. So yeah. <laughs> um, it does change the structure of the brain. Um, it improves your attention, your memory. It increases your brain activity, your cognitive, cognitive function, um, and it also enhances your mood and your ability to cope with stress. All the things you need. Mm-hmm. All the things you need. Um, approving attention and memory. I'm thinking about our students that have ADHD, um, which is more common in boys, elementary yes. age boys, than it is girls. Um, they need that time in PE. Mm-hmm. They need recess. Recess. Mm-hmm. They do. With this being ADHD Awareness Month, um, a lot of uh the conversation will be about movement um, in the classroom, incorporating movement in learning um, in the classroom with the, with all students, not just mm-hmm. you know those with ADHD, because it helps. It's applicable to everybody. So I know that um, they do a lot of like Zen Den type things mm-hmm. on YouTube to incorporate movement and mindfulness, um, promote focus and concentration, just um, you know getting the jitters out type mm-hmm. things. Um, maybe like you know a set of jumping jacks in between lessons to kind of reset the room and you know pro- focus maybe before a test or something like that. So, um, what do you think about those type of things? Incorporate those things in the classroom. I think it's very much needed. Mm-hmm. I do know they also utilize Go Noodle. If you've not yeah. heard of Go Noodle, I was they to think do. Of that, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. um, more in elementary school, yeah. and I think I've seen a few middle school teachers mm-hmm. utilize that. Um, but it's very it's. We can't, as adults, sit for long periods of time. Right. How can we expect children to sit for more than 20 to 30 right. minutes at a time without being right. without right. a break? I've heard the rule of your age is how long you can focus on one activity at a time, yes. which definitely makes sense with, um, with our children needing those breaks. And sometimes it's not switching to a physical activity, but it's just switching tasks that will help right. them. Mm-hmm. But I think what you were saying about a improved attention and memory when they get that moment to um, shake it out mm-hmm. to stretch they are improving attention and memory so mm-hmm. you're going to get a better more ready to learn child mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when they get those breaks when they get that activity that yeah. physical better outcomes activity. i mean absolutely what do you recommend the amount of time for a child to be physically active active per day well any person needs to be physically active for 60 minutes a day um that could be Changing tasks, like you said, reading a book, walking, running, doing some type of interactive play with friends, parents, play with your parents, mm-hmm. you know, as a little ch- children, you know, four to six year olds, even smaller, interacting with their parents that develops skills. It's, it develops um, a lot life skills. Mm-hmm. So, ooh, I've not been getting that. Uh, me yeah. neither. Does I, your watch tell you to get up every once in a while? It, it does. does. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It definitely does. Well, for me and uh, what we do at, at my house, I've always got a, a story to tell, but they have, of course, our time at school, but then they also are involved in karate. And I think that's yeah. a very good um, disciplined 
uh, structured extracurricular activity for mm-hmm. for students to get involved in. And so I try not to come home. I think I mentioned mentioned this in another uh, podcast, but I try not to come home and immediately start to work uh, because they do need that time to kind of like decompress. And so we'll go to karate and they'll get that out and then we'll come home and they're able to focus and get their work done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just a much smoother evening when they have that outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have noticed that. So exercise and, and physical activity is, I can attest, mm-hmm. um, at least in my house, it does, it's beneficial. And Dana, you listed the benefits of physical health, but what about beyond? And we have been talking about mental health. We already know it's there. We already know physical health and that activity is part of mental health. But let's talk a little bit more beyond physical health. What are the benefits? Well, when you spoke earlier about ADHD, it actually decreases disruptive behavior. It teaches them how to deal with their own emotions and formulate a plan for how to deal with those emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, it also increases your productivity level in all areas, You know, not just work-related, but in academics. I mean, it, it's... So beneficial, absolutely. And I think about um, we're we're talking about physical health and activity. Unstructured play promotes creativity, creates autonomy, so more independent children. This is very personal to me because of my toddler needing to play mm-hmm. all the time, and that unstructured play, he's able to play on his own a little more, and that's what you want to see. They are um, able to resolve conflicts because that unstructured play they they have that time and that space to do that especially when they're playing with other kids Mm -hmm. and it gives them opportunities for imaginary and creative play Mm -hmm. you know they can allow themselves to play with other children and interact and and it creates learning about others Mm -hmm. you know like everybody's got different opinions or different um interests mm-hmm. or so it helps them learn about others so that's huge social a social skill so that you know you need Absolutely. you need to be able to live in the world i was listening to what you said earlier and so you were saying that um of course it helps with feeling better about yourself when you go work out versus not going to work out um when you get done you say oh i'm glad i did go mm-hmm. do that so it also kind of boosts um dopamine levels right yeah um, that's that feel-good hormone mm-hmm. and so that's what we want to have more of right which will help with our stress and you know kind of lengthen that fuse when mm-hmm. things are happening out and kind of be able to, to self-regulate more right, right? Mm-hmm. and when we're getting those those happy feelings those happy hormones coming in it brings us especially in this group fitness setting that we're kind of talking about social skills, happy hormones, that helps us to feel connected mm-hmm. and that helps us to feel like we belong. Right. And I think for especially for middle school and up, that sense of belonging, because remember that's kind of when the shift happens right. is they're starting to focus more on their peers. As we're talking about sense of belonging, a lot of times when we're dealing with children that are not doing well or not feeling well emotionally, one of the common denominators is there's no connectedness to others. They're not involved in extracurriculars. Um, And I'm not saying every kid is, you know, has to be in a sport, but the sense of belonging, the connectedness, it really is there when they are involved in something. And I think that's really, really important Mm -hmm. and reduces your risk for your children and um, your children getting in in these low places. And we all get in low places, but to have something um, that helps you bounce back, to, to help you feel like you belong. That's so important and so helpful. I'm really excited at the high school where I am because we have so many clubs um, that students can get involved in and find their tribe, find their people. 
um, and get connected. Um, and so um, I have a student actually um, who I'm helping, trying to help her find her tribe and find her place um, because I can just see her declining. Um, she's There's no activity. She's working a lot. It's just school and work and work and school. And there's nothing else, um, no friends, no social time. And it's really affecting, you know, her mental health. So I'm trying to help her discover her people, what her likes are, her tribe over at the high school. So, cause it, it's important. So, and I think once she does that, she'll feel better. I agree. So it's all connected. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's all connected. The whole child physical activity really bridges a big gap in academics. For me, when I check in with students, when you, when I think of a whole child, I'm thinking, okay, how are you being physical? How are you sleeping? How are you eating? Mm -hmm. Like, what are these things? These are things that we can control within our bubble to help promote good mental health. Um, and so when I ask those questions, I just kind of evaluate where those things are and tweak them or give suggestions on what they should probably do to better those different areas. Um, and usually if you improve your sleep, improve your nutrition, you get active. Those three things alone, for me, I've seen a uptick of of overall well-being, just yes. improved well-being. Basic um, mental health. Yes. Absolutely. It's mm. rest, nutrition, and sleep. Yep. That's my favorite thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. That's the most important things <laughs> as far as routinely doing. Yep. Now, I will say it's very difficult. Sometimes it feels selfish as a parent to when you get off work to go and work out. What would you have to say to that? What Do you think that's selfish? How do you get to the Grizzly? Honestly, I'll be here? honest. I do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's my time. It's if I don't get it, then I'm not good for the rest of the group, the rest of the family, you know? Right. My husband's the same way. He gets up at three in the morning. I don't know how he does it, wow. but he has to get up yeah. and he goes to the gym religiously yeah. every morning. And he, we all need him yeah. to go to the gym. Yeah. Every, every and I used to be that morning person, but I'm not that morning person anymore. So I get it. I would. Mm, I used to be up at 4.45 every morning going, mm -mm, no, mm -mm, no more. I, I need you. my sleep. I hear you. <laughs> well, so something I was thinking about when we're talking about you getting that time and us as parents, any parent getting that time. It feels selfish. Yes, yeah. it feels selfish. But what you're doing is you are modeling. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You are modeling good behavior, you're modeling a priority. Yes, which child your that. child will see. Mm -hmm. And yeah. when they see this is how we, you know, this is how we grew up. Mom mm -hmm. and dad went to the gym. When I, you know, when I'm old enough, I go to the gym and maybe get to go to the pool or where, you know, whatever that looks like but that becomes a priority in their lives. Right. So this cycle that we see of patterns in our lives, um, we talk about you know generational curses where we didn't grow up um, with these patterns. We can change that. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. By making this um, physical activity as a family a priority, that is, you're not just passing that on to your, yourself and your child, you're passing that on to the next generation. generation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, Dana, can you tell us some practical ways for families um, to be active? Inexpensive ways? Yes. Get out and walk mm -hmm. as a family. Neighborhood, you can get out, take your dog, take your cat. I saw a cat on a leash the other day. I was like, what? I was like, okay, but it was the whole family, and yeah. they were out walking their cat. And I'm like, okay, they must not have a dog. <laughs> no, but walking, um, you can play basketball. You can go to the community playground. My kid plays basketball in our driveway, but, of course, that costs because you have to purchase the basketball goal. But um, he swims. You, you just things that 
as little kids, their minds are so creative. They just let them go and let them run and play and have a good time. You know, back in the day, we were out till the streetlight came yes. on. Yep. And don't come home. Don't come in the house. <laughs> you better not. <laughs> you outside. <laughs> yep. So, but um, of course, you can get a gym membership or um, you can join right. Rec ball or mm-hmm. rec games or whatever it is your community might offer. I'm doing my best to try to get 10,000 steps in every day. And it's just barely making it. Like, I ride at 8,000 every day. And I'm like, oh. That's awesome. So, Dana, I have a question. This is the part of the podcast where the random voice jumps in. Uh, I'm Tyler Hill. So, we do like to break down elementary, middle, and high school. My question is, at what point in a child's educational journey do we typically see a decline in physical education. And the reason I ask that is because there are certain grade levels that students are required to have physical education. Correct. But at some point it becomes optional and they don't have to. And so I think parents need to be aware of that. So when does it start to change and what can they do to promote physical activity if they're not in this physical education course? Right. So through elementary, fifth grade, they'll have PE recess. Middle schools where they get that option. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they get the option of band, PE, or and art. art. Mm-hmm. They can pick two. So sometimes PE is not chosen. So that's in middle school. Um, that's through eighth grade. And then ninth grade, they get lifetime wellness and, as a freshman, which incorporates uh, PE and then the classroom, the, the didactic piece of that. And then after that, it's there's no options unless... They take um, uh, weightlifting. I think there's recreational sports or uh, ROTC. Or right? ROTC. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the high school is when it really completely kind of kind of goes away as an option. That so, becomes a gap. And that's yeah. when a lot of students are really going to pick up their habits in right. high school that is going to carry them into college and the workforce. Yeah. And so what would you say to those parents of those high school students who are not enrolled in a physical education course, JROTC, Mm -hmm. or the other courses that you talked about. Encourage their children, their kids, to get out and be physically active. Do some type of, if it's not a sport, do an activity with a a friend or a lot of kids work. So then they go straight from, you know, school to work. Try to incorporate some time in there for them time, you know, for exercising, walking. And I say walking because it's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Even get into the gym. Yeah. Or as a parent, maybe you can even buy them <clears throat> one of these wearables that we're talking about mm-hmm. to kind of bring it to the forefront, whether they're hitting those goals and those steps mm-hmm. every day. So you're kind of pushing it down from the parent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just really important because it's something that some people don't, you take for granted, right? right? Because right. you're in PE starting in pre-K. Yeah. And then at some point that trails. It, trail, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that's the that's that's when we need to see that difference yeah. in how we're so promoting it in the hopefully household. Hopefully, parents that are listening take that and remember that and talk to your kid about it. Right, absolutely. Make a plan. Mm-hmm. I love the the aspect of making a plan and and being proactive and setting up success for your family because this is the whole child that you have. You have a whole child, and um, physical activity is a part of that well being. Um, it's a part of their academic well-being, physical activity is a part of their social well-being and their emotional, um, and, and modeling that as we talked about earlier, that's important too, because we can tell our kids all day long, but we've got to show them physical activity and how to do that in the day. What's my phrase I always say, children do what they see more than they do what we say. Right. (laughs) 
Absolutely. Okay, so Dana, thank you. What an awesome interview um, with you today. Um, you dropped a lot of valuable gems with us and great uh, resources um, that we'll have linked in the in the show notes. Um, but if you could leave us with one final thought uh, that just kind of encompasses our entire conversation today, what what would you share? Physical activity is free. It costs nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So we are setting the tone for the next generation, which we want to have a healthier generation, right? Yes. So literally, you and your family can take a step today. That is so great. Thank you so much for being here. A lot of the students that I get to see um, come from the school nurse. And a lot of those students are often more anxious and they don't want to be active. They um, want to be in one space and what they need is that physical activity. They need that connection and belonging. And I think group fitness really does provide that. Students that have ADHD, they can't sit, they can't focus um, without that outlet. They have to have so much activity in their day to be able to learn and focus, and they need that outlet. Um, They need more than the recommended 60 minutes a day, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's so important. And when we're thinking about um, children with extra needs, exercise really does provide that outlet to promote better outcomes. When you think about the actual act of exercising Mm -hmm. the movement, you are getting oxygen to your body. And we talk about that with deep breathing. Mm-hmm. Same thing. We, When we have more oxygen in our body, we are able to think better. We are able to make better decisions. That's so important when it comes to academics. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got to be ready to learn. And then when we talked about um, the middle school and going to high school where, you know, middle school is more of an option, um, which they may or may not have that physical um, activity. And then high school just having it that freshman year. Um, I think, you know, her pointing out for families to get together and yes. come up with a plan um, as a family on what we're going to do to stay physically fit um, as a family to promote our own, you know, physical health as well as our mental health. So I think that's that's very important as well. So if you have a high school student who has limited physical activity, you know, think about, you know, consider making a contract or sitting down as a family and say, we're going to do this on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We're going to walk the neighborhood. Um, Because like Dana said, you know, that's free. Right. Um, Exercise. Yeah. Free exercise. Make Um, it a priority. Make it a priority. You can do this. Make the time. The time is there. Let's just incorporate it. it. That was a great interview that Dana gave us today. Um, Some awesome tips for families. Bye. Bye.